0: Hey, it's Dr. Sophie. How are you? Welcome back to our weekly podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and you're learning and we're growing together as a community. Last podcast, we talked about taking control of your diet. We learned a lot. We talked a lot, especially about things like why is it so hard for so many of us to diet and really does it matter which one we pick? We also talked about really taking better ownership of your weight and nutrition because it is a lifestyle change. It's not just not going to be that one or two or three or four-month period where you slim on down, look great, feel great, but blow back up. So it's really about ownership. We also talked about strategies to be able to put into play and implement to make a true life change because it has to be pervasive on all levels and really deep. So take a listen to that and... um Find out about all my podcasts are on my website and on iTunes at www.drsophie.com or on iTunes. Check them out. But this week, we're talking about enjoying your work. Yes, it's enjoying your work. Remember, it's the W in sweep. And some people say, are you crazy? How could I ever enjoy my work? But the bottom line is, I'm concerned if you're not telling me you at least enjoy your work Most of the time, because it is where you spend at least eight hours of the day, and it is where you're supposed to be getting that fulfillment. Even jobs as a mom, even jobs staying home, taking care of the kids, those are jobs in my book. Those are hard work, some of the toughest jobs. So wherever you're spending your day, are you enjoying it? So stay tuned. We're going to talk about that stuff today. We're going to learn what are the keys to a happy, fulfilling workplace. How do you deal with a difficult boss? I'm certain we've all had that, or a difficult coworker. Also, we're going to look into what's the best way to think and feel to ensure that I get the job that I want. How do I even know how to go about getting the job that I like? And then your four takeaways, as usual. So come on back, one sophie now or one 767 Every caller will receive a free signed copy of Side by Side, my book on mother-daughter conflict resolution techniques. Joining me today is my guest expert Lynn Taylor she is a nationally recognized workplace expert and author of the book tame your terrible office tyrant love that how to manage childish boss behavior and thrive in your job I mean we all deal with these kinds of things on little levels big levels very intimidating a lot of issues I just saw uh, heard a story from a patient of mine a couple weeks ago that a uh, woman who's just trapped in this all boys club how do you deal with those kinds of things we're gonna be asking Lynn Taylor who's going to tell us a little bit more about herself, how to navigate these kinds of situations. Lynn, are you with us?
1: Yes, I'm here. How are you? I'm great, thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about you.
1: Well, I am a workplace passionate person about resolving conflict in the workplace. That's been my passion for many years, and I've studied employer attitudes for many years. It just fascinates me.
0: <laughs> so it, it does exist then, right?
1: Oh yes, I think this will exist for many years to come, and it's, it's a lifelong effort. And uh, my, my passion is letting the employee take the bull by the horns and, and create happiness for themselves.
0: Right, without being disrespectful or disruptive, I would imagine.
1: Yes, yes, that's the challenge, is how to do it with diplomacy.
0: So I guess my first question to you is, like, what is that that's going on within the workplace? How does something like that even happen? Is it just because two people are working, one might be perceived as a more powerful position, and then that dynamic starts stuff? Or is it really just things that happen in that person's life in outside of work that they're bringing into work?
1: Well, I think you can say that there's, So many complexities going on, but if you were to boil it down to one thing, yes, it's the lack of parity. And when there's a lack of parity in any walk of life, people who perceive themselves as unequal, there's going to be a problem. And clearly in the office, you have one person with more authority than the other, i.e. the boss and the employee, there's going to be trouble.
0: (laughs) Got it. Okay. So how, you know, you're telling me then I would assume that there are keys to finding a happy fulfilling workplace so how do you do that how do you strike that balance between enjoying your job your co-workers and your boss but knowing everyone's lines of respect and work ethic and supervision kind of thing
1: well my feeling is that as the employee you're going to have this conflict and you have to go into the office knowing that that's going to happen first of all with as with life there's going to be conflict because you know, whether you're two or 52, we all have the same core human emotions: fear, and we want this praise and recognition, right? I mean, that's yeah. That's just anywhere you could go to the supermarket, and someone insults you, and you don't like it. And whether you're five or what, 50, you know, we don't like it.
0: Right, right. We
1: take that into the office, and you have someone who you're depending on to bring food on the table, and you have to watch your p's and q's. So. Um, how do you handle that? Well, you have to bite your tongue and and know when you can speak out and when you can't. Should you win the battle and lose the war? No. So in walks this big thing called office diplomacy that you have to learn when, how do you package what you say? How do you get your way? How do you persuade without compromising your position and getting ahead at the same time? And it, it can take a person years to learn that you can learn shortcuts, you can look at people in the office who've done it well. Yeah, There's a whole science to that.
0: And so it's important, though, to be able to, even if in your outside of work life, you're more outspoken or you may not look at those kinds of techniques and principles, you really do have to mind them inside the workplace. Is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. And I think we've all seen people in the workplace who have really mind that, as you say, it's a great term, um, the, the people who you watch in, in a staff meeting and it seems like they have turned the meeting into something wonderful. Or They take a comment from a staff member that's really kind of off the mark but they make the staff member look wonderful and everyone just walks out feeling great. <laughs>
0: Even though they may have just told them they didn't do a great job.
1: Yeah, it's like where, where did that staff member come up with that idea but by the time the manager's done Um, or the employee is done commenting on that, the staff member looks great. So they're they're what I call an office diplomat, and that's what what makes the difference between a good employee and a great employee, and that's what you want to be, and that's going to create happiness for you. You're going to enjoy your job better.
0: Got it. Okay. So I have a a question from Karen from New York. She's asking us how important is it to really – Enjoy your job. What would you say?
1: I would say it really means everything. Why? Well, because people really, for example, they don't leave their jobs; they leave their managers. And so much of your job is about your interpersonal relationships. We did a study that showed that um, people spend 19 hours in a seven-day week, and I say seven-day because you think about work being, you know, five right. days, but. In seven days, they spend 19 hours worrying about what their boss says or does. That's really phenomenal and scary. That was uh, with a Gnat and Global wow. actually, research firm.
0: That's pretty significant. So within the seven days, 19 hours are spent solely on some piece of it, worrying about what their boss thinks of them.
1: Yeah, or, or what they did. And so um, that says a lot about... Yeah of enjoying your job. It
0: does. It also, and you're telling me these 19 hours are outside their work hours.
1: Well, six of them are on the weekend.
0: Right. So, I mean, it's not, it's like time you're sitting at the dinner table, maybe. It's time that that might be what's keeping you up at night.
1: Exactly.
0: It's on your mind at the gym, maybe.
1: Exactly. So, you know, it's, if you could just take those 19 hours and you could put them towards anything about how you could even get ahead or you could just put them towards something fabulous, your leisure activities or just meditate or whatever. Just think of how much you could just enjoy your life to expand upon the the topic of today's conversation.
0: Well, knowing that we do this 19-hour thing, what do you tell people to what do they do? How do they lower that to zero or five?
1: Well, my passion is really to get beyond what meets the eye in the office. The standard reaction of any employee to an their boss, let's say, who's acting out as a, a or terrible office tyrant is to be defensive. They're being yelled at, the boss is throwing a tantrum, they're being demanding, bullying, bragging, ignoring, needy, whatever the, the topic as I've classified them is to just react and either take it within and, and feel hurtful or become offensive and not in a blatant way but just fight back. You know, there's the fight or flight, you know, mechanism. But most don't step back and kind of evaluate, okay, what's going on? Show empathy or just try to understand maybe the boss's boss just came down on them. Maybe they're acting out of fear for their own jobs. There's so many different factors. They may be threatened by you, for example. That doesn't mean that it's okay to be lashed out at, but it does mean that the way in which you react Uh, can have a big impact on what the next phase of the day looks like or what your career could look like. So um, it's a little bit of managing up, but it's also a little bit of parenting up without patronizing, as I call it.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. I get that. So I got another uh, voicemail that we can listen to, and we'll discuss it. Can you hang on a sec? Sure. All right. Thanks. Hey Dr. Sophie, it's Philly from Seattle. I recently got a job with a boss who isn't satisfied until he finds the smallest thing wrong with my work, even though I've been working long hours and performing extremely well.
2: How can I be sure that he realizes how hard I've been working? Thanks.
0: Interesting. I mean, what is acceptable amounts of, I guess, what an employee would feel is abuse do you take, and you know, how do you get them to see the best in you?
1: Well, you know, a lot of jobs are pretty thankless, but there are ways to get feedback. I think most employees don't communicate with their boss enough, and you have on the other flip side the employer, the boss, not coming to the table and communicating with the employee enough. Right. So basically no one's talking.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So do you push yourself on your boss, or what do you do?
1: Well, what you do as an employee is you take the step, you bravely communicate with your boss, Because they're not thinking that there's a problem unless you come to them. And so you say to your boss, how am I doing on such and such project? And I'm not saying you badger your boss every day and say, hey, how am I doing?
0: Yeah, otherwise you get needy and annoying.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But when you have something to offer your boss, which they're going to be very uh, attuned to in the middle of that conversation or at the end, you might say, Uh, By the way, am I am I providing what you need on XYZ project? Then you're going to get some feedback and just be ready not to be defensive. Once you get that feedback, you have to create a safe environment for your boss to give you that feedback. Don't don't sit in your office wondering. Right. That's going to be part of those 19 hours.
0: Got it. So you say take it the bull by the horns. And if you have appropriate questions, ask. You'll get your feedback and you need to be proactive.
1: Yeah, and, and that's part of a, an acronym we can get to if you'd like. Yeah. Um, like calm, uh, C-A-L-M. Communicate is a big one.
0: Communicate? What's the A?
1: Okay, um, well, communicate is uh, make it frequent, honest, open, regular with your boss. Um, that's, that's really the crux of any relationship. But A is anticipate problems, have solutions ready, know your timing, always be proactive. And, and you know, don't go to your boss with problems. Always go to your boss with solutions. Um, I love the acronym CALM because being calm with your boss creates calmness on right, their end.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, right. No whining.
1: And yeah, it's contagious when you're <clears throat> calm. They right. like that. Um, you know, I, I was once in a in a, a colleague's office, and before we ran off to lunch, he he looked to his assistant and he said, um, uh, "Before we go, is is everything okay?" And He said, everything's okay, right? And she said, yes. And, you know, that's really what he wanted to hear.
0: Right, exactly. So,
1: anyway, the L is for laugh, because levity really breaks down barriers, as we all know, and it helps foster teamwork. This is all part of uh, parenting up, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You do this with toddlers, and you do it with bosses, both of whom...
0: Are the same age a lot of times.
1: Well, they both have E-e-e-e. trouble managing their authority and frustration. So. Um, yeah. And then finally, manage, which we talked about briefly. And managing up means setting limits. You know, whether you're, it's Johnny who wants to go to the zoo, have a, go to the pizza shop and have playtime all in the next hour, you know, you've got to prioritize, set limits. Um, but also use positive and negative reinforcement with your boss. Sometimes create distraction, let him save face. Um, And by positive and negative reinforcement, if they do something out of line, you can say, you know, it really set me back when you did this, but, you know, I really do appreciate the time. I love my job. And use positive bookends in the beginning and at the end of your conversation because, you know, you don't want to get a pink slip in the afternoon. So CALM is a great little acronym. Communicate, anticipate, laugh, and manage.
0: Got it. And I mean, I think that all of that will lead to a respectful relationship between you and your boss, which is really where you're going to find emotional safety and then find value in your work.
1: Exactly. It's a two-way street. Yeah,
0: it really is. Okay, I got another email. This is a long one, though. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. This is from some anonymous person. My work motto has become, quote, I'm thankful for my job and for my 15th and 30th paycheck, end of quote. Work has become a hostile environment due to one of my coworkers constantly calling me names and telling me lies about me and telling lies about me to other colleagues. Other employees seem too afraid to say anything because she might start on them too. I know there are procedures for these types of situations, but they take time and will only make things worse in the short term. I've been taken to crying on the way to work and to try to get it all out before arriving. What should I do? Hmm. What do you think
1: well, you know it's so much of this depends on how much time has passed has Has this person done anything about it uh, how egregious is the behavior um, It sounds like it's pretty bad um, and there's just so much a person person should take um, it It sounds like they haven't necessarily done anything about it um it sounds like this is all happening to me, but I don't hear anything about I have taken these steps. Yeah. Am I correct in that? It didn't sound like that. So usually um, you want to take some effort here. You know, the onus is a little bit on you to speak to somebody. Talk, like, to your boss that's causing the problem or your or a colleague. I think the person mentioned my colleague. Right have a one-on-one, don't have a a confrontation, but go to the colleague and say, you know, I I sense there's some issues that we have together and I thought maybe we could grab a bite or blah, blah, blah. So you're saying
0: resolve them one-on-one if you can?
1: Yeah, go to the source. um, Because so often in life or in the office, people will talk to everyone and anyone but the source of the problem. And it would be so, so much easier if they just went to the person and and just tried to talk and level with them as a human being. And because there's probably some commonality they have in life, right? there there may be issues that that person has with many other coworkers, and they're not discriminating, if you know (laughs) what I mean. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So you're saying resolve it with that person, and earlier is better one-on-one.
1: Yeah, it's just going to fester the longer they wait.
0: Got it. Okay. We have another voicemail. You ready? Yes. Yeah. Dr. Sophie, hi. It's Aaron from Washington, D.C. So, I'm at a job right
2: now and I'm feeling a bit underappreciated. Been there a while and I just feel anxious that I could be fired I guess, at any moment, causing a little bit of friction at work. And I wonder if you could give me some insight how to best handle the situation. Uh, You know, I I feel like it's affecting my quality of work, and it's probably perpetuating the issue even worse. So uh, I'd appreciate the answer.
0: Thanks. Interesting. Yeah. I I have my take. I want to hear what you have to say.
1: It didn't come in that clearly, but it sounded like he said he felt underappreciated and that he might be fired at any moment.
0: Yeah. yeah, He said, you know, basically, how does he get himself to be more confident in his job, feeling in his job situation? More confident. Yeah.
1: Well, um, there's a lot of things you can do. One is, it's interesting, but in this environment of higher unemployment, many people just sort of hide their light under a bushel. They, they figure they better stay under the radar when, in fact, this is actually a good time to become more visible, take on more projects, volunteer without losing your you know, core skills and your, doing your core job, to just be visible and available to people.
0: So why do you think they're not? Why do you think somebody would want to do that hiding thing?
1: Well, they might do that hiding thing because they think, well, I might be an easier target if I'm more visible and they're looking to, looking at the chopping block. Well, there's John, and uh, he may be a guy we could cut. But that's not true because the more you take on and the more jackable trades you are, the more indispensable you are. And, for example, let's say you're active in social media on LinkedIn and you're visible and you're Writing blogs and you become an authority figure, that helps your stature within the company outside the company. you could get more job offers um you might be sending links of interesting articles that help your boss. Everyone should help their boss, especially in tough times, yeah, so you know you can look good to the company, you can help out and become indispensable, and then you will be more appreciated, and you'll your chances of being fired or less. Of course, you must do a good job. You also should document your work. If if you want to lessen the chances of getting the pink slip, then document your stuff.
0: Okay. I I hear, and I fully agree, but I want to ask you a question. Do you think that his looking for confidence in his job is just a job-based situation or issue for him, or do you think it's outside of job and kind of bleeds into his life?
1: It's probably both. You know, it's um, confidence is, as you know pretty well, something that could be stemming from so many different aspects. It could be the way his boss is treating him that, you know, my personal th- perspective is that, you know, that whole survey thing, it's the way the boss is looking at him or it could be something in his personal life where he could be at a point in his life where he's really wondering Do I deserve this job, or should I be somewhere else and not getting the kudos? You know, I don't know what your thoughts are.
0: Well, I hear you, and I agree, but I guess I want to ask you a a question, because I feel that's probably pervasive, and this is just something that he should deal with probably in other parts of his life as well. And I wonder if how many times you've seen it and what your thoughts are about employees who feel whether they're aware of it or not, and probably 99% of the time not aware of it, there's that parent-child thing.
1: Right. And so that
0: stirs that up in the employee who then becomes feeling anxious and not confident in a situation typically they might have been if they didn't have that stuff stirred up in them. Does that ever rear its head in your world?
1: Well, yeah. The whole crux of my book has to do with a parent-child relationship. And the flip side of that is that also, the, the boss can be in the image of your parent.
0: Right. So,
1: interestingly, if you're not getting the pats on the back that you might have expected as a child from your boss, that can harken back to your childhood. I'm not getting what I needed as a kid. And it's supercharged, don't you think, emotionally?
0: Absolutely. So, what- so
1: that's a never ending battle that. That requires probably some work on the employee's part to to separate out the two and to to go back and do the work and solve the first piece of that from the child to separate that out from okay, this is work. this is a different world I'm in. this is where I want to contribute to my career and make a dent and thrive right. That's something that's in the past that I need to really look into. Um, and if you can separate the two, I think you're on the right track.
0: Yeah, I, I fully agree. And I think for, for our voicemail, the guy who called in to empower himself, I would just basically say he's got to be proactive, get involved in his job, go seek out his boss, get you know, build a communicating relationship, and then look for feedback and be able to handle that feedback because that's a big thing. People want feedback, but then they can't handle their feedback.
1: The other thing that's helpful in a job is, you know, so often employees look to what they need to achieve. They have their to-do list. They're always climbing and searching and trying to appease and please, but they forget to write down what they have achieved.
0: Even right, right.
1: as simple as crossing off things on their to-do list that they've done or keeping a personal kudos file where people said, thank you, great job. Right. Everybody should have a kudos file. Uh, they should keep an updated resume because it's a reminder of how far they've come. And it's amazing how people forget that. If they're at a job for five years, they don't even realize what they've accomplished. Exactly. They to look for another job.
0: Exactly. And then they tend to get angry because they feel like they're giving, they're, they're pushing, they're they're being good to their boss, but they don't ever realize that they've done great stuff and pat themselves on the back as well.
1: Right, and they, and they can't always expect the boss to do that.
0: That's the key. Say that again and tell us what you mean.
1: Right, right. They, they, nobody can expect their boss to fulfill their needs for confidence and reassurance. You can only do that yourself. Right. And if you can find the best way to do that within and know that you are strong, know, here's another thing, too. A lot of people think that you're just completely dispensable as an employee that's not really true despite unemployment because employers have would have to rehire you they would have to find someone with your exact skill set someone who understands the corporate culture retrain rehire re-interview it's a huge process so um, they may like to you know, think that they can hire someone like you any day but that's not the case you have a unique skill set they need you so keep that in mind.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that's so important because many people think, ah, they could be done with me and get somebody younger. Right. Well, they can, but they won't have that stuff. It's it's of value to look at yourself and own it.
1: And you know when that becomes really obvious is the the little dynamic that happens when counter offers are given out. Right, not right. until you walk out the door that they show love. You
0: exactly, know? exactly. Many people pull that card because they're like, oh, look, somebody else wants me.
1: Yeah, and it's like a little too late at that point. And, you know, that that's a whole downward spiral. And so we can talk about that some other time. Yeah,
0: but that's, it is. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think we have another voicemail. Let's take it.
2: And uh, hey, Dr. Sophie. My name is Aaron, and I wanted to get your uh, help and opinion on a situation with my boss. Uh, I work at a restaurant. Uh, I've been working there for a little over a year now. Um, and I really enjoy it. It's a fun place, uh, independently owned. And, in fact, our owner uh, is there all the time and a really great guy, brings his family around. I'm very fortunate to, to be working for such a family man. Um, at least that's what I thought. Recently, uh, I went to a back room that we have, a storage area, and walked in on him doing some pretty hardcore drugs. It was very surprising for me, considering, again, I, I thought of him as a as a family man and a kind of upstanding individual. And I'm finding very... Uh, it, it's very difficult for me now to look him in the eye and to work for him when it feels like he's kind of living this double life. Um, and I don't know if it's the kind of thing I should confront him on. Should I quit and see if I can find some other job at... It's unfortunate because, like I said, I, I, I do enjoy it here, but I'm just not sure what the right course of action is. So um, if you could give me some help on this, some opinion, uh, I would really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much.
0: Wow. What do you think?
2: That
1: is a really tough one. Um, he obviously is liking everything about his job, but he he's lacking respect for his authority figure. Right and how do you work in a job where you lack respect for someone you're trying to be you know obviously he looks you're supposed to look up your boss you're supposed to say I want I want to kind of be that guy or that woman at some point in my career obviously he would strive to achieve more and more uh, excellence in that restaurant maybe he wants to be the owner someday but What what is his role model? Well, he can't really get up the ladder when he looks at that guy. So
0: Right. I mean also I mean, how many people would want to just you know, rush in and save this guy? Some people would and not think about the boss employee relationship and just think, Well, I like him so much I'm gonna save him and rescue him and is that the right thing? I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think it's a very slippery slope to even try to approach a boss who has a substance abuse problem. I mean, right. first of all, as you know, I mean, trying to approach anybody with saying, hey, you've got a problem, and then add to that the fact that it's his boss that pays right. him. Very, right, Very, very caustic.
0: Yeah, lots of power plays there. The other thing is, how do you know the guy has a problem because he's using? maybe that's the only time you've seen him, maybe he does it once a month. You don't know, and I think... It's better for him to let the guy know how he feels and probably move on.
1: Yeah. um,
0: Because he's going to get caught in a web of rescue.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he can say what he feels and be honest about it and then see what happens, and the reaction will probably give him a lot more information than he ever imagined. Right. Um, But I think in the long term, he should also be kind of looking for a job because he's just clearly very uncomfortable there yeah
0: that's a huge red flag wouldn't you say
1: absolutely i i don't see how anyone could stay in that situation just feeling a a shocker like that
0: right because either you're going to become codependent with this person protecting them rescuing them which is going to derail your work ethic and work ability and relationship with him or you gotta get you, know, you gotta get information to make a decision to get out or whatever because you also have to look at yourself as that employee and what are your beliefs and your core integrity, self esteem things, all that stuff built on, and you may need to move on.
1: Yeah, it's like if any if the boss had any other problem that you know, let's say he was a reckless driver and you had to get in the car with him every day, it's like. How do you deal with that? Well, you don't want to deal with it.
0: Right, exactly. I don't want to.
1: Right. It's his choice. This is the caller's life. You know, everyone forgets sometimes you're not, this is not involuntary servitude. You get to choose your job.
0: And that's my point. I mean, there are going to be people who will feel the need to rescue because who they are and how they were in, parented and brought up in genetics, and other people who are going to see this red flag and say, I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, I can see what you're saying. There's there's so much of that where people want to help and they feel like they can solve someone's problems if they just hang in there, but you've gotta say no and and that's like kind of what we were talking about about setting limits. Right. Being the parent, we were talking about that. This is like a classic case. Exactly.
0: Right? Yeah, it's it's really sad. It but is. anyway, thank you for your time. I want you to tell us a little bit about you and I want to hear about these uh tame your temper tantrums in the office thing. <laughs> Well, Love the um, name.
1: Basically, the TOT uh, stands for terrible office tyrant. Right. And the book, Tame Your Terrible Office Tyrant, teaches employees about the twenty most classic tantrum uh, throwing or any kind of childish behavior. Um, there are twenty different traits. There are egregious bratty traits that you see in the office and in life, and there are the little lost lamb traits that you see on, in the office of Steve Steve Carell. And uh, it's how to manage your career by handling these traits, managing up with your boss, you see it in life, you see it in the office, and it gives anecdotes and tips on um, how to navigate your way through this in the office and, and get ahead in the end, sort of getting past the, uh, the pinstripes and to the pinstripes and pearls, getting past the uh, training pants. I got <laughs> it. I know. So
0: you're out of diapers.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Got it. it
1: is possible, and you can get ahead if you just can get past the, all the blustering. And, you know, I say sometimes the, the inner child should stay there when it comes to the office. And I
0: think that's the best thing you could say, because that's key. Be an adult in the office, because otherwise other stuff's going to get stirred up, and you're going to be in a battle.
1: Exactly. So you can take control, and you can enjoy your work. It's in your hands.
0: Got it. So where do we find you?
1: Well, um, there is a website called Tame, T-A-M-E, Your Tot T-O-T. It has lots of good articles and links. And, of course, the book, Tame Your Terrible Office Tyrant, is at Amazon, which is easy. Uh, And at bookstores, you can order it, like Barnes & Noble. But it's always easy to go to Amazon. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much how to find me.
0: All right. Lynn Taylor, thank you very much. You are the author of Tame Your Terrible Office Tyrant, and you have some great information today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Take care. Bye. Well, that was my guest, Lynn Taylor, who is a author and expert on workplace happiness and how to find it, how to navigate it, what are those red flags. Lots of tools on her website and her book, Tame Your Terrible Office Tyrant. So you've got to grab a copy of that. It teaches you how to manage that childish boss behavior and thrive in your job. Interesting things we learned today had some great voicemails, callers, those kinds of things. So take a listen. I want you to take your points away today knowing that enjoying your work is something that can happen and should be part of your life because it is the W in your sweep. But also a couple key things. You, as the employee, have to know that in any job, you're going to go to. There's going to be office politics and things that are going to trip you up and may make it unhappy. You have to know that's going to be there and be able to pick your battles and work through these things. Keep that inner child, as Lynn Taylor says, inside and out of the office. I also think it's important for you to watch other co-workers, and so does Lynn, to really role model ways that they empower others when they're talking or how a manager tells someone that they didn't do such a great job, but they do it in a good, positive, strength-based way so nobody feels demoralized or angry. So look at co-workers and supervisors that you can use as good role models. The third one I want you to remember is there is this thing called office diplomacy, and Lynn talks a lot about it in her book. Just the guidelines, the rules, the regulations, the kinds of things to follow in office etiquette And the most important thing you have to realize in your job is though you may feel you are dispensable and replaceable in your job, you really are not. Because for an employer to replace you, the steps they need to go to, the cost they need to go to, and to get the skill sets that they've trained you for and you've become good at are really not easy to replace. So value yourself and see yourself as not that dispensable. And it helps you feel a little bit stronger in your job and communicate with your boss. Reach out to your boss. Have an open dialogue. You have nothing to hide, nor do they. Look for role models and make work a happy place. Thank you for joining me today. And if you have any questions or anything, jump on my website, www.drsophie.com, and iTunes for all kinds of podcast stuff and my wonderful new phone app is out on iTunes so please check it out www.drsophie.com and iTunes and check out the phone app I'm always around on my voicemail leave me a message 1-85-767-4966 or one eight five five Sophie now side-by-side is my book it's the revolutionary mother-daughter program for conflict-free communication call in I'll send you a signed copy Follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammar's Keep Your Head Up. And the most important thing is don't forget to sweep.
2: But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down.